The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be looking at Adolf who. Who, are you saying? (laughs) That's the point. Adolf who. Adolf Hitler, of course. My guest today is Ray Comfort. He has written over 60 books. His latest book is called um, Hitler, God, and the Bible. And he exposes Hitler's best-kept secret in this book, his real motive for killing 6 million Jews. And mainly, what's so interesting about this is, besides that, of course, I want to hear, you know, there have been lots of theories, but um, Ray has done an extensive amount of research and... uh has you know dug into this issue deeper, but what's particularly interesting is how he got to this and his journey um, when he started asking people about Hitler, and he has incredible statistics about how university students in Germany and in the United States all over weren't able to recognize Hitler's picture, didn't know <laughs> he has. There's one one young man. Uh, he said, do you know who Adolf Hitler is? And he said, is he a movie star or something? I mean, wow. This is really scary, folks. If these are university students, imagine, you know, um, going to people who aren't university students, who aren't supposed to be studying. This is really very, very scary because, because those who, I forget the exact quote, but it's something like those who forget history are, are doomed to repeat it. Um, so, <laughs> Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, who is the author of that quote, Those Who Are Doomed? A very memorable man whose name slips me at the moment. <laughs> well, it's a good quote in any case. <laughs> yes, those who forget history are destined to repeat it, and it's, it's such, a, such a great truth. Yes. And that's what we see happening in our nation at the moment. You know, when I, um, when I was doing research for the book, uh, I decided I'd tell the publishers World Net Daily that I'd give them a video called Hitler's Religion. So I went out into the universities with my camera, and I asked people who Adolf Hitler was, and they came back horrified because they had 14 people on camera who didn't know who Adolf Hitler was, as you said. And that, that, that really concerned me. I thought, this is crazy. And then I decided I'd, uh, I'd put them in a moral dilemma because when I was studying the Holocaust, I came across a horrific uh, incident where the Nazis shot 300 Jews in a pit and then buried some of them while they were still alive with bulldozers. And so I put people in a moral dilemma and said, at the point of a Nazi gun, would you bury Jews alive in a bulldozer? And people said, no, I could never do that. And I'd say, why is it? Because you value human life? And they'd say, yes. I'd say, well, what do you think about abortion? And they'd say, oh, it's a woman's choice. I'd say, do you think it's a baby in the womb? And they'd say, yes. So then I asked them one question, 
that cause them to a complete change of mind from being adamantly pro-abortion, being pro-life, in a matter of seconds because of this one question. So we came back to the studio, saw we had these eight people changing their minds about abortion, and realized we didn't have a, a video called Hitler's Religion. We had a pro-life video, so we put it on a website called 180movie.com, and it's in four months had 2.4 million views. Okay, well, you know, I really don't think we should go into the abortion issue because obviously you and I disagree. Okay. I think it is a woman's choice. Um, but, but so I would hey, like why, don't we, why don't we just talk about it for a minute? It's healthy to discuss this. And, and I'd just like to find out why you think that. Well, as a psychiatrist, uh, I have seen the damage both to the woman and to the children who were born, who were not wanted, the damage to the woman's life, who did not want a child for multiple reasons, and the damage to the child who was born to a mother uh, who did not want them. So, Carol, so the do you think abuse, it's... the death, the so on. Do you, um, think it's a, do you think it's a baby in the womb? At a, certain, at a certain time it is. It isn't at the beginning. What, what point does it become a baby? Well, I, I, you know, I... I, I can't remember right now, like five weeks or so. I, there was There's some point at which it has a heartbeat, and at that point is when, and I think that that's around five weeks. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's about five or six weeks. Okay. So, and, and, so finish the sentence for me, Carol. When? It's okay to kill a baby in the womb. When? Before, well, I, I mean, you know, I, again, you, you can't, I can't say, I'm not going to say, that it's just okay before five weeks, if that's what you're getting at. No, no, they, they, they kill babies right up to about 19, 20 weeks. So there's, there's really no justification for killing a baby. Just have it adopted. I think it's a wonderful thing. There are people waiting, waiting to have them adopted. You don't kill a baby because you're, it's going to inconvenience your life. And we have multitudes of people changing their minds about abortion just from watching 180movie.com. It's a free video, 2.4 million views. And all it but does I is thought give... that that was about, because I watched the uh, trailer for that movie, which I thought was great, the trailer. Uh, um, I didn't know that the movie was online. But in any case, um, the trailer, which mainly has you asking the students, you know, who was Adolf Hitler, I thought was fabulous. I had no clue, quite frankly, that it had anything to do with abortion, because that's not in the trailer, or if it was, I missed it. There's two trailers. There's one that shows eight people, university students, changing their mind about abortion. No, and I didn't I think, see that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just so cool that people are open-minded to receive extra information. You know, um, when I meet an atheist, I can change his mind about God by giving him a little bit of extra information. I just say, so you're an atheist? He says, yeah, I'm an atheist. So, okay, um, so you believe nothing created everything? And he'll say, uh, no, I don't believe that, because that's scientifically impossible. Nothing can't create everything. So I say, so you do believe something created everything? And they say, yes. They'll say, you're not an atheist then, you're agnostic. You, you believe something created everything, you just don't think it was God. So the extra information gives them the ability to see believe something. Believe me, as a physician who, um, who went through OBGYN and, um, you know, before I became a psychiatrist, and being a psychiatrist for many years, um, I have enough information so um, you're not going to change my mind on this. So I think we should move on to what I thought we were going to be talking about today, which is um, Adolf Hitler. I was, talking about, I was talking about the Holocaust, Carol. I hadn't finished what I was saying. So it's great that people can change their minds when they get extra information. Because when someone says, I'm not changing my mind about something, they're not open-minded. They're a bigot. They're closed-minded. So that's why it's wonderful that these kids in university could change their mind about different issues 
when they get extra information because closed-mindedness is horrible. We've got to be tolerant of people. We've got to let people express their thoughts and have a free exchange of ideas because this is America. It's not some uh, Middle East country where, where they're oppressed and not allowed to give free ideas. That's healthy to talk about things. So it's good to give people information. Yes. And it's good to be yes. open-minded. Yes, it is. So if people, if the students didn't know, as obviously they didn't, who Adolf Hitler was, it certainly was important that you told them. So now could we get on to that, please? That's what I'm on to. Okay. Yeah, so that's what the 180movie.com is about. It's these 14 students who changed their minds about Hitler. When they, when they started hearing information, they started asking questions about it and realizing what a horrible thing had happened in the past because we're destined to repeat a Holocaust if we don't uh, teach our kids history. It's mandate, mandatory Holocaust education is only in uh, five states in the U.S. Forty-five states don't have it. So it seems that 45 states are dropping the ball when it comes to educating people about one of the most darkest periods of human history, and that was Hitler's Holocaust. I mean, that, that, that statistic alone is shocking. I mean, if, if people are supposed to, I wouldn't have even thought that you would have needed uh, a mandate that it's obligatory to teach the Holocaust. If you're teaching history, that's certainly an important part of history. So why, why do these other states not even, I mean, that's, and it's hard to believe that this is occurring in, in America. So why do these other, what's happening in these other states that aren't mandated? Well, what they're teaching kids is theories about evolution. I don't know if you realize Hitler was a great advocate of uh, Charles Darwin, who spoke of uh, an origin of species of the uh, survival of the fittest. It's not called survival of the fittest any longer. It's called natural selection. But survival of the fittest is easy to trace back to Hitler. This is what Darwin said. Allowing the weak members of civilized society to propagate their kind leads to the degeneration of a domestic race. Hardly anyone is so ignorant as to allow his worst animals to breed. That's what Darwin said. Hitler picks it up in Mein Kampf by saying, if nature does not wish that weaker individuals should mate with the stronger, she wishes even less that a superior race should intermingle with an inferior one. So what Hitler did was put Darwinian evolution into practice, kill off the weaker members of community, those he considered to be weaker, such as Jews, blacks, gypsies and homosexuals and let the strongest survive and that's what we see happening in our nation you ask most kids that come out of university do you think you're a primate they say absolutely they're convinced they're primates they don't see themselves as having any moral absolutes saying it's wrong to kill and that's why we have a generation that uh, has no concern or regard for human life wait a minute i'm confused uh -huh. are you saying that you're saying that humans aren't primates what do you mean of course they're not primates. We're made in the image of God with a moral compass of right and wrong. Hey, you know, I have a feeling I should have... Uh... Now, this is healthy, too. It's not making you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's talk about evolution uh, you know, for a few I, moments. I, this is really not what, what you know, what was... Um... It's what the book's about. I well, talk about not, it in the book. Did you read the book? That's not what, um, you know, you have a publicist, and um, I received his press release. Adolf Who, New Book Exposes Hitler's Best-Kept Secret, okay? And well, what's the name goes, of the book? What? What's the name of the book? The name of the book is Hitler, God, and the Bible. So I should be able to talk about God and the Bible because that's what I do in the book. And in the book I say there's no scientific evidence for evolution. It's a theory. Hey, look, you know, this is not good. This is not what I thought we were going to talk about. You, it's, this is not what your press release says, and I don't want to talk about this on my show. Hey, you're I, do not want to give airing, I do not want to give airtime to this. I'm sorry. I believe in Darwin. <laughs> I know I you do. I believe in, in the, we are primates. Um, 
And, you know, if you don't want to talk about Hitler, then maybe we should discontinue this uh, I want to talk about Hitler, Carol. I want to talk about what he believed and why he killed off so many people. And I want to talk about how he embraced evolution. This is history. This can be substantiated. You need to well, be open-minded and tolerant. Well, let me ask you some tolerant. specific questions, because there were things in, your, in the press release that I was particularly interested in. Okay, I'll give um, you the questions. And so and why I'll don't we talk them. about that? Let's give it a try. All right. Um, first of all, it says, one in, so, well, when you were doing this video, did you also go to Germany? Because it said one in five young Germans has no idea that Auschwitz was a Nazi death camp, a poll release showed. Although That's a 90%. A separate news release, Carol. What? A separate news release. What do you mean? Yes, yes, yes. Although yes. 90% of those asked did know it was a concentration camp. The poll for yesterday's edition of Stern News Magazine revealed that Auschwitz meant nothing to 21% of 18 to 29-year-olds. So do you want to talk about that? Well, there's nothing much to say because I've got a whole stack of stuff to say, but you're censoring me. Well, no, I don't want to talk about Darwin. I don't want to talk about abortion. I wanted to talk about your re research into Hitler and his motives for killing the Jews. I can you tell you his motives for killing the Jews. And okay. The, and, but you might stop me while I'm talking about it. I'm not <laughs> going to mention evolution. I'm not going to talk about uh, Darwinism, but it, it's, it's, a, it's of great interest, and I think I uncovered it. Well, well wait. Was, before, uh, okay. You, you said that you, there were theories, yeah. that uh, there have been theories about why he did this, and I thought that th those were interesting. I'll, I'll give them to you now, and I won't mention abortion, and I won't mention evolution. Can you handle that? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. When I was well, researching, that's not what's in, you know, abortion or um, evolution are not in here as the theories. So go ahead and talk about what what you what some of the theories are. Okay, they are in my book, though. So anyway, let me just finish what I was saying. Uh, as I was researching for the book, I thought I'd uncover why Hitler hated and killed so many Jews, and all I got was theories. All I got was perhaps he had syphilis from a Jewish prostitute. Uh, maybe he was jealous of the Jews of their ability to make money during the Depression in Germany. Or perhaps he was bitter because his paintings were rejected by an art school in Vienna and the art school um, had uh, on, their, on their board mainly Jews. And I couldn't find anything concrete. It was all theory. It was maybe, perhaps, could have. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that doesn't justify the killing of six million Jews. I can imagine somebody, somebody being bitter enough to go out and kill a Jew because they were you know, angry, maybe a six-member Jewish family, maybe 60 people at a stretch, mm -hmm. but 6,000 people or... What about six million, which Hitler killed? So I thought there must be an incendiary incentive, something that motivated him mm -hmm. to do so. Okay. And I, I discovered on the 26th of April, uh, 1938, Hitler mandated by law that all Jews would disclose their wealth in detail. Mm. That every Jew had to list exactly what he was worth, what he owned, and what they were actually doing. Uh, and this was mandated with a threat of a 10-year hard labor prison sentence if they didn't do it. What they were actually doing was signing their death warrant when they filled out that form, because when Nazis arrived at the home of a Jewish family, they knew who they wanted and what they wanted. They mm. knew who owned jewelry, who owned, pa who owned paintings, how much was in bank accounts, uh, how much uh, uh, um, uh, their insurance policies were worth, etc. So uh, when Hitler killed a Jewish family, and when he killed a whole family, there's no one left to complain. When he killed a family, he got their house, he got their car, he got their savings, he got their paintings, he got their insurance policy, their bonds, he got the gold out of their teeth, the jewelry, the hair off their head, and the clothes off their back. So he, he made billions through killing Jewish families, and, uh, and uh, that gave him power. 
So uh, the love of money still is the root of all evil. Hmm. And he, 30% of the war machine was paid for by the blood of the Jews, Carol, believe hmm. it or not. Hmm. That's interesting. And I believe that was his incendiary uh, incentive. That's what motivated him. And it wasn't just because he has bitter because he had syphilis, which nobody really knows. Well, now, um, apparently he was, um, after his parents died, and he didn't really um, um, have a good job. I mean, he wanted to be an artist, right? That, that was his desire. He was an artist, and he was a reasonably good artist. Well, we do need to take a break. That's what that music means. We'll come back to the very uh, um, what controversial <laughs> show that we're having today called Adolf Who. Talking about Adolf Hitler, my guest is Ray Comfort. His latest book is Hitler, God, and the Bible. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday. Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With my having an incendiary <laughs> show today, which is kind of fitting, talking since we're talking about Adolf Hitler and uh, his incineration of six million Jews. Um, Ray's book is called Hitler, God, and the Bible. We are going to try to tiptoe through the tulips here <laughs> because Ray has an incredible wealth of information with all the research that he's done. We may disagree on issues like Darwin and abortion, but there is so much more that um, Ray has uncovered. So 
why don't you um, give us a little, back up a little bit, and um, tell us about um, Hitler's life, aside from um, what we, you know, before before he started burning six million Jews, and, and even after, during the war, he had, talking about his his um, his mistress and so on. There, there are a lot of interesting aspects to his life. Yeah, well, Adolf Hitler, people don't realize, but he was a uh, a baby kisser at the beginning of his political career. Um, like many politicians, uh, you have to have a uh, a kind of a look of being uh, uh, an approachable, nice guy who believes in God, particularly in America. Uh, if you know what you're doing as a politician, you should get your photo taken outside a church building with a robed minister holding onto a shrink wrap Bible. Uh, go to a prayer breakfast, say something about God, and then perhaps throw a few Bible verses in your speeches. And that's how you deceive the hearts of the simple, and that's exactly what Hitler did. Mm. He was... Uh, he had a very uh, dominant father who used to beat him a lot. He had a, a doting mother that didn't discipline hard, didn't discipline him at all. His, uh, his mum died when he was a young young boy. I think he was 12 years old, and his father died also. And then he, he became a, almost a starving artist. In, well, he was in, in Vienna. Went through a very hard time. Then uh, he, he got involved in the First World War. And when the war broke out, Hitler said this, I, thank, I, sent, I, I sank down on my knees and thanked heaven out of the fullness of my heart for the favor of having been permitted to live at such a time as this. Hmm. He thanked heaven when the First World War broke out because he loved war. He used to play war games as a kid. He was actually a war hero in the First World War, got involved in politics, and then rose to power because he was such a fine speaker. Um, you may have seen clips of him uh, of him raving in Germany. You think, what a crazy fanatic. But he, if you look at the English translation, he, he was offering himself as a savior to Germany because they were in such a uh, political strife. They were deeply in debt because the reparations leveled at them from the Treaty of Versailles. They were blamed for the First World War, 40% unemployment rate. So Hitler was saying, I'm going to give you back full employment, which he hmm. did. He's, uh, he was saying, I'm going to restore the glory back to Germany. And so he, we look back in history through the eyes of uh, the swastika and, and what it stands for us. But when the swastika arose... In the early uh, 30s, and Hitler uh, spoke to vast millions, uh, he was offering a message of hope, and people embraced him as a savior, as a messiah, as a deliverer from the plight of the Germans. What he did was, when he got into power, he revealed that he wasn't uh, the godly man that he made out that he was. He hated the God of the Bible, called him a tyrant, hmm. hated the Ten Commandments, created 12 of his own, hmm. uh, created his own New Testament, had 100,000 copies printed, changed Jesus from being a Jew to being an Aryan, imprisoned pastors that spoke up against him, put in his own Nazi pastors, replaced the cross with a swastika, and replaced the Bible with a Mein Kampf. And he killed off anybody who disagreed with him. He was totally intolerant and didn't like uh, knowledge at all. He burned books, believe it or not. It's so interesting because this much hate um, does come from early on, you know. And, and yes, it's known that he had his, that his father... Um, that he had such turmoil with his father, you know, the first authority figure, actually, um, from the time that he was a little boy. Yeah, um, but, you know, a lot of people have <laughs> have a problem with a dad that, you know, is an authoritative figure and, and dominant, but they don't go out and kill six million Jews. Yes. So <laughs> a lot right. of people make it through a difficult child, even without a father, without a mother sometimes, but they turn out normal. But Hitler was especially very insecure, uh, 
he was given uh, ultimate power, which we should never, ever do. And that's why it's such a tragedy that so many in today's generation that have been brainwashed with propaganda are so ignorant about history, because we are destined to repeat history if we don't know about it. And we should never give any human being supreme authority, especially when they were like Hitler. Hitler was what's known as uh, an idolater. He created a god in his own image, and that god didn't have a moral dictate, so he could go out and kill because the god that he believed in didn't say you shall not kill. It was a dumb idol that didn't have a moral dictate. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yes, yes. And I was an idolater years ago myself. I used to pray to a god of my own creation, a god of my mind that didn't exist. Which well, I was going to ask, yes, I did want you to sort of give a little background of yourself and how you came to be in... Um, and also, I've I've read two in different two different places about your religion. So, could you sort of go back and and kind of tell us where you're coming from? Yes, yeah, certainly, if you don't mind. I'm uh, Jewish by birth. Uh, my mum was a full Jew. She, my uh, my grandparents or great grandparents came from Poland. They fled Poland in the late uh, 1800s and went to England, changed the name to a Gentile name, then emigrated to New Zealand. That's why I've got a very slight accent. Um, and uh, my mom married a Gentile. She was kicked out of her family of 11 children and because of that. And when I was born after the Second World War, they put Gentile uh, Methodist on my birth certificate because they were afraid of another Holocaust. Hmm. And so I was, raised wow. without, I was raised without any instruction about God, neither Jewish nor Gentile religion. I was just left to do my own thing. But, uh, you know, I started thinking at the age of about 20 years old, why am I part of the ultimate statistic? Why... Why, why did 10 out of 10 people die? And I had no idea why I was going to lose everything I loved. It was going to be ripped from my hands uh, by this big thing called death that nobody wanted to talk about. And I remember looking at my wife. who was lying on the bed. We had just been married. Beautiful wife. And I just started weeping. She was asleep at the thought that she could be snatched into death at any incident, any, mm. in, any moment. And it made no sense to me. Even though I was very, very happy, I had my own business at the age of 20 and completely... Uh, uh, liquid financially uh, and then a guy explained to me the reason we die and I hope this doesn't make you feel uncomfortable Carol ask the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest, Ray Comfort, who was just about to tell us about death. Um, when when I, some technical problem happened and he got disconnected and I thought I was disconnected and in any case, every, all of you must have been thinking we both hung up on each other since we disagreed with so many things. But I promise you, I did not hang up. I was very interested to hear what you had to what you had to say about you, you were saying before the before the break, so to speak. I mean, it was so ironic that we're talking about death, and then the, everything goes dead. Um, <laughs> but you were saying about how you had, were looking at your beautiful wife, and uh, you started to cry because you realized that at some point she would die. Yeah, and it just it, life didn't make sense to me. Every day, one hundred and fifty thousand people die. So I thought, well. No one wants to talk about this. No one's got an answer. I'll, I'll just see if the medical profession has got an answer. So I went to see a doctor to see how I could stay healthy. Walked into his office, and he was sitting there looking like death warmed up, sucking on a cigarette. And I thought, well, no help there. And science was too worried about that time, about putting a man upon the moon, to be worried about why people die on Earth. And so I just gave up. And six months later, I was on a surfing trip, and a young guy explained to me the biblical reason we die is because we've broken an eternal law, We've sinned against God and broken his commandments. And I remember thinking, well, I, I'm not a bad person. I'm okay. And then I looked at one Bible verse that just pinned me against the wall. And this is what it was, Carol. And uh, it, this is it. It's in, from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman and lusts for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. And I thought, boy, if that's the standard of judgment day, I'm in big trouble. Because <laughs> I did, did that a thousand times a day like every red-blooded guy. And when I looked at the commandments, I thought, boy, I'm going to be guilty on Judgment Day, end up in hell. And this young guy explained to me that Christ died on the cross taking my punishment. We broke God's law. Jesus paid our fine. That means God can legally dismiss our case. And so I repented and trusted Christ and became a Christian 40 years ago on the 25th of April this year. And heaven looked back. And it's, uh, it's so wonderful knowing I've got everlasting life and not having any fear of death and knowing what's going to happen after death. And, and that's, that's one of the main reasons I produced the book. It's a quality read. It's a quality book. It's interesting. It's historically accurate. And it just contains the information I've shared with you, which you are very gracious to allow me to share. So I really appreciate that. Okay. Well, um, did you, how did your mother take, your Jewish mother take to you? <laughs> Great um... question. <laughs> yeah, she was horrified. Absolutely horrified, but she wasn't a committed Jew. She just, over the years, she, she got to uh, appreciate it, and she'd come and hear me speak, and so did my dad, uh, because I speak for a living uh, in different places around the country. So uh, they, did, they did accept me, which is wonderful. Hmm. That's interesting. It's, it's particularly interesting with your background, which I guess I should have asked you about first, but it's particularly interesting that you that you are so focused on Hitler and his um, genocide of the six million Jews, and then there were also he also killed six million other people. It was 11, 11 million in, in total that he killed. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, other, Five million other people. people. Uh-huh. And it really is like 50 million people died because of his insanity when, when it comes to the Second World War. That's how many people were killed. Mm. And it's, it's, it's horrific that one man can get to such a place of power. And when you realize the way that he did it, he wasn't even voted in. It was just uh, he, he got in by kind of default. Mm. 
and and so it makes me really appreciate the structure of the Congress in the U.S. and the fact that, except for the Ninth Circuit Court in California, that people have got a voice in this country. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm even going to ask you why. <laughs> What's that? I'm not even going to ask you why. Well, how can I not at this point? Um, why do you say that except for the Ninth Circuit Court, the California there were, Court? There was people voted on something, 20 million people in California, something, no, millions of people oh. voted on a, on, a, on a thing and it was just changed by the Ninth Circuit yes, Court. Yes, on a referendum. Yeah, and it's like, who cares what like the people that? think? We agree on something. <laughs> oh, that's great, and, and I'm sure we both agree that everybody dies, so we're, we've got a couple we things go. to do. And that it was terrible that Hitler killed 11 million people. Absolutely. <laughs> we're getting there. Um... You know, also, I wanted to bring up um, this, uh, you know, as far as another theory for why he killed six million Jews. There's the, the story about, or the theory about, that hasn't really been proven, I'd like to know your uh, opinion, that Hitler's father was, uh, well, this was true, that he was the illegitimate child of Maria Anna Schickelgruber, <laughs> and um, that a man came forward to to be on the birth certificate to, to say that he was uh, the father. But, in fact, there is some thought that she may have gotten this, this woman, his, the mother of Hitler's father, in other words, had worked as a housekeeper for a Jewish family in Graz. And there's some thought or, that the family's 19-year-old son, Leopold Frankenberger, may have actually been the real father of um, Hitler's father. What do you so think about In other words, that? he's got Jewish blood. Right. Yeah, there is that theory. Um, Hitler wasn't even German. Did you know that? He was Austrian. Right. So they're really strange things, but I I'm really don't know about the theory of Hitler having uh, Jewish blood. It would be an irony. And also, he didn't exactly look like an Aryan. Uh, he was wanting tall, handsome, blonde-headed people uh, to propagate Germany. That was, the, that was the Aryan race. And he was a short little guy with a Stash, who wasn't even German, so he's killing off people he should have been first to volunteer. So there are some strange things, but yeah, yes, here, his father, um, who may have been Jewish, who he had this long-standing battle with ever since he was a baby, um, was Austrian, and 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 Hitler, you know, took up this whole um, German nationalism as in part, at least, um, as another way to rebel against his father. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised, but there are so many theories and so many strange things. I'm, ex- I'm expecting uh, someone to say they've found Hitler's moustache. <laughs> well, tell us about, you know, um, one thing that's interesting is when you see him, pictures of him as a little baby, um, he looks relatively innocent, I mean, as all babies do, really. Um, and then when you see him uh, grown up, you know, there's there's his eyes. I mean, there's just there's this meanness, this malevolence in his eyes that really, um, you know, speak to whatever happened to him between between being a baby and then um, between the homelessness and the revolting against his father and just apparently a lot of other things. But yes, it is really hard still, no matter how how much trauma he endured, um, to imagine somebody being that. Twisted, that um, that traumatized, that twisted to be able to kill 11 million people. It, it, it is still, it really does defy, um, you know, the understanding. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't with me, because I look at things differently than you. 
Well, I mean, okay. I mean, you've, you've, what in the, what would you say then is the main, I mean, I got, you're looking at things, um. This is how I look at things. You ready? Yes. I see human beings not as good. I see every one of us as being evil. Ah, that's the difference. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There's a basic disagreement. Okay. Now, if you disagree with me, tonight I'd like you to leave your door unlocked to your <laughs> house, leave your car unlocked, and leave your purse on the sidewalk during the night because you believe in the goodness of humanity. I do believe in the goodness of humanity, and but the thing is that that why little, do you lock your door at night? Because because when these people. People are born with this general goodness and, and innocence and so on, and traumatic things happen to them throughout their life, whether it's things growing up with their parents and their family or things at school or things when they get older in society, and things like bullying um, when they're going to school growing up, but, but more things as they grow up. I mean, the world um, affects p- some people who are more vulnerable, um, in these ways that take them away from this innocent, good, inherent state to feeling defensive and protective and feeling like they have, if they don't, you know, protect themselves, um, that all these other evil people are going to get them. Carol, how many people were murdered in the U.S. during the 1990s? Have you any idea? I don't have a statistic for you, no. I have one. Yes. 200,000. Okay. We're, we have, think of how many people, 200,000, think of how many people attend the Super Bowl. And then, then you've got double or three times that amount. That's how many people were killed just in the U.S. via murder. They're the ones who were caught. You had rape and greed and all these things. Yes. Uh, the bullying. And human beings aren't good. We're sinful. We're all sinful. I've got oh, a my God. How can, you, how can you live with yourself thinking that? I mean, aren't you, how would you not be super? Well, I mean, I guess you, you take your depression and you, you divert it into, these, into writing books and speaking and so on. But, but then what is your goal in, in writing books and speaking? If you think that people are inherently evil, how are you going to change them or what are you going to do for them? That's a really good question. Okay, are, are you a sport? Are you a good sport? Are you a game? <laughs> I like to think that sometimes. Okay, let me, let me just ask you a few questions and you be as honest as you can with me, okay? Mm-hmm. And the 20 million people who are listening, go okay. ahead. <laughs> do you think you're a good person? Yes. How many lies do you think you've told in your life? Just take a stab, an estimate. Ten, twenty, hundred, thousand. Uh, every I've had to have told yes. Everybody, you have to tell white lies. You tell the dog ate my homework and all that kind of stuff. How yeah. many do you think? Just take I, a don't step. <laughs> you I don't know. I try not to. I don't know. I mean, I actually put a lot of. Um, that's something that I feel very strongly about, actually, um, in telling the truth. And I certainly, as I, with my patients or people who I see as an expert witness and so on, I mean, you have to be very highly attuned to people lying when you're an expert witness. Um, so I, I, am, I try to get people, even when it's difficult or painful, to tell the truth about things. That's something that, that is very important to me and that I try to spread the word about as much as I can. Ten, twenty, hundred? I don't know. I can't give you an answer. So you lost count. There we go. Okay, so what do you call someone who tells lies? Come on, you can do it. I've done it myself. A liar, yes. Okay, now have you ever stolen something in your whole life, oh, even if it's small? On. Come on. You're on the couch, Carol. This is, 
<laughs> no, I'm not going to sell it on my own show. Okay. I mean, the thing is, here's a third. There's four I'm questions. I'm not perfect. I am certainly. I am not perfect. There's four uh, questions. Okay, four questions. Go ahead. Have you used God's name in vain? Yes. I just heard you use it on the radio before. Okay, yes. And then, have you ever looked with lust at someone in your whole life? Have I what? Ever looked with lust, sexual desire? Yeah, oh, as much as possible. Okay, now here's a, here's a quick <laughs> summation, okay? I'm a liar, thief. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a liar, a, a thief, a blasphemer, oh. and an adulterate heart. So what we're looking at is your standard of goodness is very low, God's is very high. And no, when you when you when we look is, at no, wait a second, but we're talking about two different things. The point I'm not saying I am not perfect. Nobody is perfect. That yes, if you're going to say there is nobody who's perfect that's or who exactly does, right. never does these things, but but that's very different from what you were saying, or at least what I understood you to be saying that people are inherently evil. It's that's not the, the case. Well, let me justify it with this thought. Okay, when God says good, He means moral perfection and thought, word, and deed. God says, God says lying, <laughs> blasphemy, theft, adultery, even of the heart, is evil. God's standards are much higher than ours, and that's the perspective I'm taking. By man's standard, I think you're a good person, I'm a good person. Hitler would have thought he was a good person. But by God's standard, there's nobody's good. Not Mother Teresa, oh, not Mahatma well, Gandhi. No, certainly that's not, no, uh, no, I, I disagree with that. Um, uh, no. Uh, what do you disagree with? Because because I don't believe that God has those kinds of standards. I think God understands. He's watching us all the time. He understands the context of everything. He doesn't think we're all... Well, if it, could you imagine if God thought we were all inherently... That he, what he created was inherently evil. I mean, how do you ex- connect those two? Well, let's back up. What do you think God thinks about Adolf Hitler? I think he thinks that he's terrible. Evil? Y- yes. Okay, so there's one that's evil. What about... Well, but wait a second. What? The thing is, these people don't just grow like Topsy and, and, you know, like, well, I mean, I don't know. You could kind of argue about that. There are some people who, um, who are, have more, are born with more of a disposition towards evil, let's say. But for the most part, the people who do bad things, I don't believe that anybody is inherently evil for the most part. I mean, again, there are some people who, who have tendencies towards being a psychopath when they're born because of genetics and so on, and, and of course, environment. But, oh, here we go with the break. But, but I do not believe that anyone is born evil or inherently evil. Not even Hitler. And, no, I don't think he was born inherently evil, no. I think it was a, he may well have had a predisposition to it, but he, it was his, what happened to him when he was growing up that turned him into this monster. All right, we need to take a break. This is definitely one of my more lively shows. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Ray Comfort. Not very much of a comfort to me, Ray. <laughs> his book is Hitler, God, and the Bible. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, who my guest has just called a liar and a thief and a blasphemer and a... What was the last... Um, Oh, a lust, uh, what would you call me? A, a lust An adulterer at heart is what the uh, Bible says. There we says. go. <laughs> at least in heart. <laughs> um, and my guest is Ray Comfort. His book is Hitler, God, and the Bible. We are supposed to be talking about Adolf Who. Uh, since this has been uh, totally out of control today, I will go even further and, and stick my foot in it and ask you about, I don't know if you saw the movie, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, did you? No, I didn't. Oh, that's too bad. Um, I saw it the other night, and it was a fabulous, very, very, um, you know what it's about, right? No, I don't. It's, um, it's a story, it's a fictional story, but it takes place against the backdrop of 9-11. And um, it's about a little boy who lost his father in the Twin Towers in 9-11. And um, he had this fabulous relationship with his father, and the father, he found a key in his father's uh, closet after his father died. He finally went to the closet a year or so after, and he found this key. And it was kind of like the games that he and his father had played, where he had to go searching for things and so on, mm-hmm. questioning things. And um, and so he he went around. This was part of how he tried to deal with his father's death. He went around trying to find what the key unlocked. And um, and what was what, why I brought it up was because uh, I think you would like it. Um, I mean, of course, it's very troubling. You know, it was interesting. After the movie was um, over, the people in the audience, you know, there was this, there were a couple of claps, but then so many people in the audience were just sitting there when the lights finally went up, even after all the credits, and they were sort of, you know, it was very sort of shocking or, uh, I don't know, if shock, it, it's just very, very emotional, very, has a big impact because it brings you back to 9-11 and, and certainly seeing this little boy's story, it makes it human and uh, it's just very upsetting, but it's very worthwhile to see. And the reason why I was bringing it up today was because I want to talk about anything except abortion. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's because there's kind of this subtle, um, I detected a subtle theme in the back. There was the father actually had German roots, and um, the the little boy's father who died. Mm-hmm. And then it showed um, this renter who turned out, you soon realize that the renter um, is likely to have been the little boy's father's father who um, had not been a father to him, had sort of disappeared, and he can't speak, this grandfather, because, because of all the traumas of the war and so on. And so right. what was really interesting was the very subtle 
uh, comparison, you know, it was trying to make the point, I believe, um, that, which is a point well taken, um, about comparing terrorism to Nazism. Yeah, obviously, yeah, there's some nasty people out there uh, that want to kill other people because they've got a political agenda. And that was uh, Hitler's motive, so there definitely is a a correlation. Um, Boy, it must be hard for you to watch the news at night thinking that people are basically good and all you hear is bad news about murder and rape and bank robbery and violence and bullying and, and all these terrible things. I feel good about myself because I know that God loves me despite my sinful heart. Oh, wow. All right. Well, um, I mean, yes, it is upsetting to see the news with all these, um, you know, with all the, it's only bad news that seems to get certainly 99% of the coverage. In any case, you rarely, I mean, every once in a while uh, on a radio station or somewhere, you'll see a token uh, story about someone doing good in the community. But yes, it is mostly bad news. And that actually perpetuates the impression that we're all inherently evil. Yeah, it depends on your definition of evil. If you thought, uh, if you thought theft, blasphemy, and uh, stealing, and lying, and adultery were evil, then you'd say, boy, all of us are like that. If you didn't think it was evil, you wouldn't. Hitler guarantee. I guarantee if Hitler was on the program now, he'd think he was a good person. He brought in full employment. He helped Germany get on his feet. He got rid of the, the filth of the Jews and the homosexuals. He cleaned How up Germany. How would I have thought that he was a good person? Because all of us think we're good, because we, we judge ourselves by our own standards. Well, are you comparing me to Hitler? No, not at all. Of course not. But I guarantee if he was on this program, he'd think he was good because we all think we're good. You mean he would think he was good? Of course he would. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, well, I don't know. Somehow I think he had a clue. I I, I think that he knew what he was doing, that what he was doing was evil. I mean, yes, I think, you know, Hitler and, uh, and, and certainly terrorists, I mean, it is a combination. Obviously, people have to be born with a certain... Um, a certain proclivity, shall we say, for e- for a deeper kind of evil than anyone else is is able to to create, and it's not just a simple traumatization by parents and bullies at school and so on. Yes, I like I, the way you use the word deeper because all of us have got a a, a, a bias towards evil. We, I didn't have to teach my kids to lie; they, it came naturally. I didn't have to teach them to be selfish; it came naturally. I teach them to share, and I taught them that's not. That's not uh, evil. What's that? Uh, are you saying your kids are evil because no, I'm saying they lie? It's evil. Or I mean, are evil when they lie. I don't think that that's evil. Okay, listen to this, Carol. You're Jewish. Yes. Do you believe the Jewish scriptures? Yes. Here's Psalm 14, verse 2. Oh, I can't quote you psalms and verses, so let's... Well, I'm going to quote you Psalm 14, verse well, 2. Well, no, I don't think that's right, because I can't, uh, I can't check you on that. Yes, you can. Just think Psalm well, 14, verse 2 and check Well, I can't check you on that up. in the time that we have left on the show. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Listen to it. The Lord, <laughs> You're not going to lie to me? You're evil. You're the evil. Lord looks down <laughs> from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any that did understand and seek God. I, I, I can't um, go and along with that, here's because three I can't, of, I can't the, check it again. Here's verse 3 of the Jewish scriptures. They've all turned aside. They've together become I know. corrupt. I, I don't. I, I don't want to go forward with this because I, I cannot, in the time that we have left, um, assess whether that's accurate or not. And so the last eight quote, words. There is none that does any good. Jewish scriptures, or because um, there's none that does good, not one. That's Psalm 14, verse three. Okay, if you're going to continue to do this, you know we're going to have to end the show because um, I, I I can't trust. Carol, that, 
be open-minded. I was reading you I your scriptures. Tr- I mean, maybe, absolutely, maybe you are. But but given that we have so many disparate opinions on things, I, we and don't I don't agree. have the we Bible believe the Jewish in front of me, we both agree. I think that, that let's go somewhere else. Okay. Um, we, both, we both have to agree that we believe the Jewish scriptures. You just said you did. So check out when you've got a minute, Psalm 14, verse 3. Okay? okay? Yeah, I won't read fine. it to you. No. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay? Yes. Can you remember that? Psalm 14, Psalm, I'm verse 3. I'm writing it down. <laughs> right. And okay. remember 180movie.com and check that whole thing out. 2.4 2. million people have watched it. Okay, yes. And it's award winning. Which is, which is interesting. And again, the, where, now where can people get your book? Oh, you can get it anywhere. Um, uh, uh, Amazon.com or WorldNetDaily.com. But uh, love them to watch the free, free movie. 2.4 million people have watched it and it's very, very interesting. Uh, people denying the Holocaust on camera. Uh, uh, there's a guy who's a Jew-hating, black-hating, neo-Nazi, America-hating, uh, atheistic uh, a guy with a 14-inch mohawk, very fascinating guy who actually changes during, during the, uh, the movie. You see him change from being hateful to being almost a lovable guy that you want to hug. So it's, a, it's award-winning, and we gave away 180,000 DVDs at 100 universities across the country in one day in October of 180 movies. So uh, it's worth watching, Carol. Well, I'm sh- I've, the, the trailer that I saw, in any case, um, the part that shows this, the university students not knowing who Hitler was, is really powerful. And yes, at least um, I, can, I can certainly vouch for that part of it, and I'm sure you have more like that on it. Um, and it is, you know, I mean, certainly in a, at a time when our world is getting, um, when, when people are going through so many struggles like we have now, um, you know, because of things like the threat of ongoing threat of terrorism and the economy and so on, and all these things all over the world that are that are um, exploding. Horrible things, yeah. Um, people are. I mean, I'll 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 give you this: that um, people are because of fear, because of desperation. Um, I mean, I've said this before on the show: because of fear, before because of desperation, people are becoming more about me, 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 more about uh, survival, um, and more about, you know, doing things to other people that, that they never would have imagined that they would have done before. I, I will agree that, and it's very sad, and we have to do things to stop that. That's not the same as believing that people are inherently evil. I think it's, I think it's unfortunately, um, people growing up... You believe up they're partly evil, don't you? Don't you? Didn't you concede that? You say they well, learn well, to do evil? You believe that people are partly evil, they learn it. Well, yes, that there, that people like Hitler are born with a proclivity towards that, that that was then brought out by the experiences that he had growing up, and we need to stop. But my guest is Ray Comfort. It was a very, very uh, interesting show. I'm sure everybody else thought that as well. Again, his book um, can be found uh, in wherever books are sold. It's called Hitler, God, and the Bible, and the movie is 180. Mo- That's at 180movie.com. Oh, 180movie.com. Carol, Thank you for You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Thank Couch, you. and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 